Good morning, church. It's a joy to be with all of you in the house of God, and we are grateful to the Lord for having invited us to come and share God's word with you. Turn with me to Colossians and chapter 4. Colossians and chapter 4. I believe in our studies of the book of Colossians, so far we have discovered a lot of things. And now we are in the very last chapter. We moved from the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 1, where we were told who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And I love the way the Apostle Paul puts him in that particular verse. He says, is the image of the invisible God. And then in chapter 1 itself, we were told in verse 24, the ministry in which we should be involved in that we should suffer for the sake of the gospel. Then we are warned of false teachers in chapter 2, and then our new way of life was, is described in chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. And then this second half of the letter, beginning from chapter 3, verse 18, to the end is basically the practical aspect of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How should we relate with one another? Now that we know who the Lord Jesus Christ is, how should I relate with my wife, with my husband, with my children? with my servants, with my master. Therefore, in this closing chapter, he's simply saying, if you want to be a successful Christian, you need team players. Last week, Elder Mbambiko told us about a game changer. And I want to use that particular phrase of game changer to talk about the team members that you need in your team if you are to play well. Team members. And so for today, I'm going to give you just one category of team members that you need in your team. The Lord willing, in the next few weeks, we'll be discovering more members of the team that we need um, for us to, to be successful Christians, to work well, to serve well, to honor our Lord better by way of having team members. So let's read then our text for this morning, um, chapter 4, verses 7 to 9. However, for the sake of... Um, context, let's pick it from just verse 1. 
chapter 4, verse 1 to 9. Masters, treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the world to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech also be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Titicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and how and that he may encourage your hearts. With him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Let's turn to the Lord again in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful for this privilege that is ours this morning that we are able to raise our voices to sing songs of praise to your holy name. Now you have allowed us to read from your word. We plead for the Spirit of God himself to make this word clear to each one of us. Indeed, like the Apostle Paul requested for prayer, that he may know how to declare the mystery of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he may speak as he ought to speak, as far as the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned. Grant that to us this morning, that we too may be refreshed in our minds, in our knowledge, in our understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. When I was younger, now I'm, I'm young. When I was younger, um, we used to play a lot of street football. I just don't know why I was not put in the national team. But street football meant that you played uh, a ball that is made out of sacks, there's no English name for that kind of a ball, chimpong. But if your father bought you a bouncing ball, we used to have some balls that were small and it would bounce. If your father bought you that ball, you were the star of the village. 
and would carry the ball under your armpit. And your friends would come and say, please, let's go, we play football because of the ball that you have. You carry it under your armpit. And there were several advantages with, with such a ball. The first one was that obviously you will play. Because if they don't put you in the team, you go away with your ball. The second advantage was that you had the opportunity to choose who should play on your side. You chose somebody to say, you will be choosing your people, I will be choosing mine. And then you started pointing. Obviously you chose the best players. So that one on my side, that one on my side, the others, so that you can win. And the game depended also on you. If you are tired, finish ball. <laughs> if you still had the strength, you went five, change goal, ten, finish ball. So th there were several advantages. But here in our text that we have read, the Apostle Paul is highlighting something that we should do as far as Christianity is concerned. I really don't know where we have picked certain things, but I think the Apostle Paul is reminding us, number one is that what we call Lone Ranger Christianity is not biblical. A Christian must have a team. He must belong somewhere. You should have people around you. The, the saying of saying, between me and my God, is not a biblical expression. The biblical expression is between me and my God and my brother. But to just say between me and my God is not a Bible doctrine. But the Apostle Paul is telling us here that we need people on the team. Call people to be on your side. And he has a list of names. For this morning, I just want to deal with those two names that we've read from the seven to nine. And I have said you should find faithful men and women to be on your team. Faithful men and women to be on your team. Team members must be faithful. Literally suggesting that the word is full of faith. The faith here is not just to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, but the faith here is to be consistent, to continue doing what is right. The faith here is being trustworthy. So, if you have your ball that is bouncing and your friends want to play with you, as you are holding your ball, choose the faithful to play on your side. Find faithful men and bond with them, faithful women, and 
tie yourself to them so that you can play well or you can live a successful Christian life. This, dear friends, I don't need to remind you that we live in a troubled world. We live at a time when it is difficult to make it on your own. So you need faithful men, faithful women that should be on your team. Let me just highlight a little bit as far as these two men that the Apostle Paul is suggesting. Titicus, again, it depends who taught you at grade four. Some say Titicus, but those of us that were taught by white people is Titicus. He comes to the pages of the Bible first in Acts chapter 20 and verse 4. He is in the team of what is known as the third missionary journey. And we know that the Apostle Paul had the first missionary journey and the second missionary journey. And in the third missionary journey, Titicus is involved. It is in this journey where you have had a lot of experience. You have understood what happened in the first journey and what happened in the second journey. And now in the third missionary journey, Titicus comes on board. It is time when he has proved himself to be called by the Apostle Paul to say, come and be on my side so that we can go together. It is a missionary journey that has attracted a lot of enemies that are opposing the gospel. And so to invite him, he must be somebody that is stable, somebody that is consistent. But then he, he does not only come to us in Acts chapter 20 verse 4, but he comes to us in Titus chapter 3 and verse 12. He is invited by the Apostle Paul to say, Titus, who is at Crete, is coming to me. So go and cover what Titus is doing. Go and pastor the church that Titus is pastoring. So Titicus, please go and take over what Titus is doing while Titus is coming to see me. That is a trustworthy person. The Apostle Paul cannot just send anyone to say now, um, Titus is living, he's coming to see me, so go there anyhow. No, he is going to find a trustworthy person. He is going to do some pastoral work in the place where Titus has been told to appoint elders to lead the church there. To, and this same person, Titus, comes in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, again, this time he's going to cover Timothy. He was a spare will. If the pastor is away, who do you send? Titicus, go and take care of the church there. And obviously, that is a reliable person. 
and we know how spare wheels are. Sometimes the spare wheel is kept there for years and years. And when you have a puncture, you go to the spare wheel, you find that there's no pressure in it. It's gone. It's not a faithful spare wheel. But if you find it strong, very quickly you change the tire and uh, on the road you are able to go. Do we have men and women like this? I will come to the application of this, but dear friends, we live at a time where church members have trusted people of the world more than the people in the church. Already we were warned that we should be careful with the outsiders. We should be free with the insiders. Why are we trusting the people of the world more than church members? It is because we have not put them on our team. We have looked at people that we sit with in church and considered them, uh, I can do business with this, not this one, but that one. I can lend money, not to a church member, because we've brought a culture where you trust the people outside and not those inside. But the encouragement is this. Let's find people within the church. Let's make friends with God's children. Let's find faithful men and women to be on our team. That's when we are going to do the work of the Lord better. Look at how the Apostle Paul says about Titicus. He says, he will tell you all about my activities. Why? He is a faithful man. He will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. Again, that is, that is not just words thrown on an individual without concern. It is words that really describe this particular person as one who is a faithful. He will tell you everything about me. There are some brothers we go to the same church. There are some brothers we are same in the things of God. And when they ask us, do you know so and so? I need any church. You you know why they are saying need any church. You are simply saying I don't know them. I'm distance. I just know them at that level. That's why Christianity has become weak. Because we do not have men that are able to tell the other 
all the activities about you. This is the idea of saying we have done things together. The Apostle Paul is making himself vulnerable to say, Titicus will tell the people everything about me, uh, like the way I would speak to them. He is a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. And he gives the reason why have you sent him? I've sent him to you for this very purpose. What purpose? To encourage them. Let's find men and women that we can be able to say, this is my brother, this is my sister, this is my friend in the things of God, because what I would do, he will also do. What I will say, he will also say. We can see how closely they were related to one another. They are indeed companions. They are friends. Let me borrow these this words that we have given to politicians. Like comrade. Comrade suggests that we have the same common source, we have the same activities, same ideas, and same goal. We are comrades. My question is, do you have people in this assembly or outside this assembly who are believers that you'll be able to say, so and so is my comrade? People that can speak in your life. People that are going to say what he was going to say. I'll say it, and say it well. I said when I was younger, I had just finished at Notek, and in those days we, we were living in the real Zambia, where when you finish your training, you don't look for a job. Jobs look for you. ZCCM was looking for 15 people to come to Mkana Division. And in our class, there were just 13 of us. You can imagine, they picked the whole class. And then there was a company known as Rutanda Group of Companies that was looking for six more. And I said, well, Rutanda Group of Companies better because there are no long processes of doing things. So three of us came to Jung and company. But that time, those of us that came from Northwestern province were scared of Kitwe, because there was a place known as KMB. Ah, people slept on their bags when you came to KMB. Anyway, things have changed now. I had nowhere to stay. I have a job in Kitwe, but I have nowhere to stay. One brother just said, don't worry, 
there is a Ronald Kalifungwa in Kitwe. Go there and stay with him. I had not met Ronald. I came with my bat. Ronald said, are you Henry Mkonda? Yes. Okay, come. Let's stay together. From one brother to one brother to, to connect me to another brother, we lived here. Today, that will be hard. On the basis of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, Ronald opened his doors and said, Come. Early in the morning, you are going there, I'm going there, we'll be meeting in the evening, and the rest is history. Today, my niece and my daughter are going to Ronald's church, and I'm saying, You are in safe hands. You can see how it extends. Faithful people on your team. Faithful men that even when you are awakened from your sleep, I'm going to such such a town. Which Christian will I meet there? You should just say, oh, so and so is there. That is what Christianity is all about. Titicus, we are looking for men who are faithful, who can go and pastor the church at Crete. We are looking for men who can go and pastor the church at Ephesus. We are looking for men that can accompany us on ministry. We are looking for men that can be able to sustain this work. Your name should come on that list. How hard it is these days to find faithful men. How difficult it is. It is because we do not want to have friends. Friends, Apostle Paul should have gone solo. But he didn't go solo. He had a team. Read Romans 16. You find a list of people there. Here it is. We have just begun with two. There are more names that are going to come in the next weeks. Why is team important? Team builds you. Team shapes your direction. Team hears your cry. Team is the need of the hour. It demonstrates how united you are to another person. It demonstrates the fact that this Jesus Christ who has saved you has gone beyond the boundaries of who you are and has connected you to another person. How possible are we going to say there's no difference between a Kaonde and a Lunda if we do not have the Lord Jesus Christ that brings us together? Because we belong to the same team, everyone is going to say, these know who their Lord is.
team does not just shape you, team gives you more work. In our narrowness, we may know just something small. We may know just something that we have seen with our eyes. But belonging to a team, you'll be told, can you also do this? Belonging to a team will give you an opportunity to save in another area. Titicus would have not pastored the church at Ephesus, would have not gone to Crete if he was not part of the team. But the team exposed him to more ministry, to more concerns, to more activities. He would tell the people at Colossae about who? About the activities of the Apostle Paul. How? Because he's been with them. He's now being exposed to other ministries of the church. Faithful men. He is defined as a fellow servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he did not just go on a missionary journey, he also pastored, exposed to other things. He did not just go to cover somebody, but he handled issues that came his way. The Christian of today is finding it difficult to have the balance. There are people that sit in our churches, all they know is just singing. After singing, they sleep. All they know is just maybe to pray. After prayer meeting, they are gone. All they know is just one activity. And they are not involved in the next activity. There are people who find it even difficult to give. Because no brother has taught them how to give. Be faithful. Get on a team where you'll be taught, you'll be exposed to something else. Those of you that are younger, this is the time for you to pick up skills that you can use. You've seen people lead the service here. Attach yourself to those who lead the service and find out how do you make it? Because you will be involved one day. Titicus is a faithful minister. You may be, able, you may be saying, well, that's, that's too high. This guy could have been an elder. That's why he's able to do those things. But there's a second person that has been named here, Onesimus. One friend of mine read the name Onesimus as Onesimus <laughs> because of the one and smash there. Onesimus, as some of you are aware, he comes to us in the scriptures as a runaway slave. 
a bad guy. He used to work for Philemon and he, he steals and runs away. And where he runs, he meets the Apostle Paul and the gospel is preached to him. He gets converted. He sings the song that we sang at the beginning. Zones and Inasia, indeed he has turned away. He has become a faithful person. And the whole of the letter that is found in the Bible known as the Philemon is basically his testimony. Now, sometimes uh, these students in Bible school would ask us, how do you call Philemon as a book of Philemon and yet it is one chapter and there's only one page. <laughs> it's supposed to be just a letter, not a book. But it is a book based on a testimony of one person. How blessed can that be, dear friends? Just your life. This is the way he was. This is the way he is. He is a changed person. He is now faithful. He is trusted. He is in the company of the Apostle Paul. He is a hard worker. That change is something that is, is difficult to, dis, to just throw away. You can't. Because some of you remember some English words. They say the first cut is the deepest. You have told people, I have repented, I've talked, I've done everything. I am now a new person. Still that tag is on you. You say, no, I'm now a changed person. They'll say, mm, will you? <laughs> All the women, be careful. People will be holding their wives by the hand. Be careful. He was like this. He could not have stopped. Those who were smoking were told some smoke. You pull once, it goes in the mind for five years. I don't know how true that is. So even if you are going to say, I have no change, people are still going to put you with that tag. But for Nesmas, something good is happening. He has told the people, I have changed. And the Apostle Paul makes the announcement. Yes, he has changed. He is a new person. To a point where the Apostle Paul is saying, Philemon, if you have any charge against Onesimus, please put it on my charge. It is me who is going to pay. I know he has changed. 
Friends, that is a different level of acceptance. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm seeing here. It, it, it is a situation where the forgiveness is so real and genuine. How? Onesimus has proved himself. He has proved himself. In his work with the Apostle Paul, in his relationship with the Apostle Paul, in his activities, the Apostle Paul says, this is true. Is it true that you stole from, from Philemon? Yes. And you have heard how he's been, you, he refreshes the hearts of people. May that be our description. Maybe, maybe we, in a small way, people should be able to say, this is like another Paul. He was the persecutor of the church. But now, he is a missionary. He is the builder. He is involved. Onesimus proved that he has now a new master. Onesimus proved that now he belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Philemon was his master. He's, he could not become very faithful, but to the Lord Jesus Christ who knows all things, he's more faithful. He is ready to do ministry with the Apostle And the Philemon could have been a member of the church at Colossae because we are told Onesimus is one of your, your people in your church. He's our faithful brother. At this point, he, he, the Apostle Paul has written three letters, one to the Colossian church, two to Philemon, the third one, Laodicea. And he says, you could exchange those letters, but here is a private letter to do with this man, Onesimus. He is a faithful and beloved brother. He is one of you. Him and Titicus will tell you all about our activities or what is taking place here. You said maybe you thought Onesimus, uh, Titicus would have been an elder that's why he was covering other elders or pastors. But Onesimus, an ordinary slave guy, but has also changed. He is different. He is trustworthy. What else can we say? They serve to us as a challenge. They serve to us as a people that we should encourage. We should look for in the church. Think of it. If the Apostle Paul kept ringing in the ears of Onesimus, you are thief, you ran away, you are a slave, you are this. Would Onesimus continued in the journey? No. But the church today, we continually remind people of the things of the old. 
<clears throat> I don't know whatever word to use there. Build them up to see the change so that they can be on your team. What does all this mean to us? The idea here is friends. We all need friends. What matters is what type of friends do you have? I'm saying put the faithful one on your team. The warning is already there. First Corinthians 15 and verse 33. The warning is there. The warning is there. Do not be deceived, the Bible says. I'm quoting First Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Do, don't pretend, don't protect yourself that I can be clean with that bad company. The Bible tells us bad company corrupts good morals. Don't push yourself on people that are not faithful and seek to be friends with them and say, yeah, I, I, I want to know how to evangelize to them. There's some, um, somebody who, who just loved music and uh, he would be playing picket shala music. I said, brother, but uh, this music, he says, oh, what's wrong with music? I said, there's nothing wrong, but uh, you love it too much. He says, yeah, so that my children don't get it away. They should hear it at home. When will they hear Rock of Ages play for me? When will they hear what a friend we have in Jesus? When will they hear blessed assurance? If you're playing what, whatever songs they were, bad company corrupts good morals. The people that surround us, they define us. The people we call friends, they define us. Proverbs 13 verse 20 tells us something that we should do. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Onesimus got the wisdom by walking with the Apostle Paul. Titicus got it by relating with the Apostle Paul. Now they are ready to go and do ministry. So let Proverbs 13.20 define us by way of saying who is a wise person. In this case I'm using the word faithful that I should bring on my team. That I should walk with so that I can also become wiser. The world, they say, rub shoulders with the wise, you become wise. But I'm saying build relationships with the wise people. They will also teach you to become wise. And, and, and in this case, it means you stepping out. Remember that story I gave you of me with the bouncing ball Choosing people to come on my team? It's, it's, it's up to you. Who 
do you bring yourself closer to so that you can play well in that team? Here we are talking about people like those that are described in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17. People who have the same doctrine as I do. People that are able to open the scriptures well. People that understand the Bible and that you walk with them. It is not just any man, any woman, but people that you understand the Bible well. The, the Apostle Paul in describing these two, Titicus and uh, Onesimus, it is just amazing. He calls them faithful ministers. Look where they are. They are no longer lower than him, but he is raising them up to where he is. They are faithful ministers. But he says something else, hey, they are my fellow servants. Tim is what built them up to be where they are. We need people that can come on our team. It is the faithful ones, the ones that know, who are teachable, that they will know the truth of God's words. It's like those described in Titus chapter 1 and verse 11. Those that can easily be corrected. There are some people that are just difficult to correct. Here it is in black and white. Yeah, but uh, what we are used to is this. They know that those are bad team players. But those who are able to come on your side. But Titus chapter 2 also gives us what this faithfulness is all about. Like those described in verses 11 to 13 of Titus chapter 2. Hopeful friends. People that inspire you. People that know the Lord Jesus Christ. People that give you hope and encouragement to say, yes, we can do it. People that pray for you. We already looked at the subject of prayer and interceding for one another. But here it is again. Faithful men are those that pray for each other. Let me end it this way. Do you have any people that you pray for in this assembly? Do you have some Christians outside this assembly that you pray for? In praying for them, you want God to build them up to be on your team. In praying for them, you want them to prosper. You want them to become Good. Okay, it's you making the choice for people to come and play on your team. Let's turn it the other way. 
would you be called out by others to say, so and so is faithful, let them be on my team. If it is you choosing, you'll be saying that, 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 that one likes handballs, that one likes tacos, so it cannot be in my team. But now, another person is choosing, or they choose you as a faithful person to belong to their side. Or would it be hard for your name to come on their list? May the Lord help us that we are, we become faithful, that we belong to a team, a team of the body of Christ. And I'm not just saying in this assembly, but among the believers that we can be described as faithful <laughs> ministers of the word, as faithful to one another, as faithful in honoring God in the call that he has given us. Because sometimes we have looked for faithfulness from other people, not knowing that other people are looking for faithfulness from us. The Lord, by his grace, has given us an assembly to belong to that should become our starting point for us to find brothers and sisters who will be on our team that will be able to do things together. You and me are called to be faithful. May the Lord grant us grace during this time where there are very few faithful men and women that will be among the people that will be described as faithful. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Holy God and our Father in heaven, we realize that it is not possible for any of us to become faithful on our own. But with the help of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, with the new life that he brings to us, he encourages, inspires us, he transforms us to become faithful, not just to you, but also to one another, so that we become a team that is useful in your hands to save you and honor you. Grant our Father that out of this, we may be the people that will identify others that are faithful, that we may be identified as faithful because you have done your work of grace in our lives. Do cover us as we part one from another that your blessings will rest on each one of us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you.